0: wherever you listen. This is the Philadelphia CityCast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bette Rivers.
1: All right, we have all witnessed game one of James Harden in a Philadelphia 76ers uniform, the number one selling jersey in the NBA, by the way. Welcome everyone, Philadelphia CityCast presented by BetRivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, coming to you live. We're well not live at all, but coming to you directly after James Harden's debut in Minnesota on Friday night here against the Timberwolves. And there's just obviously so many questions, so much anticipation, excitement, hype, Uh, nervousness I think from all of us as fans can't imagine how Harden and Embiid felt but looks like they weren't feeling any bit of nerves as the 76ers take care of business Friday night in Minnesota 133 to 102 a 31 point win welcome James Harden to Philadelphia oh but Brooklyn won the trade said so many out there let's pump the brakes on that 76ers Closed at Bet BetRivers Sportsbook as a three-point favorite. Uh, add a one to that. Sixers certainly cover that number, I think, barely, maybe by a point or two with the 31-point win. The total was 229, and the total finished at 235. Korkmaz hit a three uh, with, like, 50 seconds left to help push that thing towards the over. Uh, so the Sixers cover. The over hits, and, you know, I posted all of the – the player props available for James Harden in particular, with uh, tonight being his debut, Friday night being his debut. So I'll run through the player props for Harden. He had a really nice night if you took the over with James Harden at Bet Rivers, really for almost any of the major categories, you should have come out a winner. So we'll, we'll get to that. But listen, let me start by saying it's one game. I'm well aware. I'm well aware it's one game, but we all know for the people out there that didn't like the trade, for the people out there that are not fans of James Harden, for the people out there that said, wow, Brooklyn's really scary now, and how is James Harden and Joel Embiid going to work together? And I got asked a lot about how will this negatively impact Joel Embiid and his push for MVP of the regular season in the NBA, right? There was a lot of question marks, negative question marks circulating around James Harden and you know his debut not just this game but James Harden and his fit here in Philadelphia alongside Joel Embiid for a variety of reasons and I just listed off a few of them right there for you I've watched every single game this year for the Philadelphia 76ers as many of you out there have as well What's the biggest difference that I saw Friday night with James Harden? To me, it just feels like there was a figurative, massive exhale, just one big, <sighs> as it relates to this offense. And the 76ers, listen, as we all know, third in the Eastern Conference entering this game. We all know Joel Embiid has been having a historic season from an individual standpoint so far so the team has had their success but it hasn't come easy especially optically right like watching this game so many nights throughout the regular season it's just a struggle each half court possession has been such a struggle just tough right it just feels like this team is at war for every possession that they have the ball on offense just struggling to get a bucket trying to figure out how to get the ball into Joel Embiid. he gets doubled he needs to figure out how to pass out of it he needs to figure out how to reset in the post the high post how do we get him the ball back how do we you know get ready for a kick for an open shot right like everything just seemed so difficult all year long despite really the overall success that this team has had uh prior to james harden's arrival but That all changed with James Harden on the floor on Friday night. Now, listen, I'm not saying they're going to win every road game by 30-plus points and it's just going to be smooth sailing to the Larry O'Brien trophy here. No, okay? I I do expect some growing pains, although we didn't see those at all in any shape on Friday night. That doesn't mean they're not going to come up and they're not going to exist and rear their ugly head at some point. It's just a matter of maybe for how long or, or how they get through that. Based off of Friday night, and it's a one-game sample size, I'm aware. Based off of Friday night, I I don't expect those growing pains, if they even arise, to hinder this team and their possible ceiling and the possible success that they can have on the floor. Joel Embiid finished Friday night with 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 for 18 from the field, 3 for 5 from 3, and once again, just a marathon performance performance. Heading to the foul line, nonstop. Thirteen trips to the foul line, made eleven of the free throws. Eleven out of thirteen. I jokingly tweeted out at Wise Rye, W I S <laughs> E R Y E. I jokingly tweeted out these Sixers games. Some of them are going to start to feel like baseball games. It's going to start to feel like we're watching Phillies games with how long they could possibly go because you have two guys now, in Embiid and and uh, Harden that have been historically all-time greats in their skill set and their ability to draw fouls and get to the line that is a skill that's something Joel Embiid has talked about a lot throughout the year at various learned to get better at that and that's been clear as day if you've been watching Joel Embiid throughout the season and we all know James Harden is historically really gifted and, uh, you know, capable of drawing fouls and getting to the foul line himself. James Harden got to the foul line nine times. He made eight of those nine attempts, and that's, that's a relatively low number for James Harden. I expect Harden to get to the foul line at least double digits almost any night that he steps out on the floor. So let's look at Harden's stats. 27 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists, 5 for 7 from 3, 7 for 12 from the field. And I'll get to how that related to his player props that were uh, over at the Bet Rivers wagering menu in a second. But I want to talk about Tyrese Maxey because this seems like their big three now, despite Tobias Harris getting the Brinks truck of money uh, with the max contract. Tyrese Maxey on Friday night, 28 points, only two rebounds, only two assists. That's okay. 28 points from Tyrese, 12 of 16 from the field, two for three from beyond the arc. That was, that might have been the aspect of the game on Friday that made me the happiest, is watching Tyrese Maxey and how he flourished playing alongside James Harden because there were some questions and some you know nerves surrounding that. Well, how is this going to impact Tyrese Maxey? How is it going to impact everyone else outside of Joel Embiid and James Harden? Didn't seem to be a huge problem. The interesting thing, aspect from Friday night one of many the starting lineup Doc Rivers decides to put Matisse Theibel into the starting lineup so the lineup looked like this Maxie and Harden and then Matisse Theibel instead of Danny Green and then you had Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid of course I thought that was interesting I didn't love it when I first saw it uh, as the starting the starters on both sides walked out to the floor for the jump ball to start the game I was like why is Matisse starting Right? But if anyone has been listening to me on this podcast, on the Philadelphia CityCast, or if you've caught me on Sports Radio 94 WIP, I think you know I'm not a huge fan of Danny Green. So it wasn't about me missing Danny Green, but it was just an intriguing an intriguing adjustment from Doc Rivers. Now, Matisse Theibel ended up only playing 23 minutes. The other four starters played 30 minutes or more. Harden played the most at 35 minutes, so not much of a minutes restriction welcoming him into uh, into the lineup and back on the floor for himself individually for the first time, I think, since the first week of February, like February 5th, I think they said on the broadcast. So uh, he, he ends up playing the most minutes right in front of Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid played 31 minutes. Maxi played 32 minutes. And Tobias Harris played 30. So that was... An interesting little nugget there from the game. The bench really didn't provide much of anything. But when you get 34 from Embiid, 28 from Maxi, 27 from Harden, you you live with that. Tobias Harris, it's funny. I, I, I bash Tobias Harris all the time. He didn't really have a bad game. Now, he didn't shoot the ball very well. Two for nine from the field, two for six from three. But watching the game and maybe it was just because the offense looked so much smoother and less challenged if you will so the the Tobias Harris shortcomings maybe weren't as easy to to notice but I'll have to go back and watch it but Tobias played I think he played a fine game overall he just he he missed some open shots but he knocked some down early in the first quarter which was nice to see Danny Green coming off the bench he played 21 minutes he was 2 for 5 from beyond the arc finished with just six points, and he led uh, the bench in scoring. Millsap had three points. Niang had three points. Shake Milton had a bucket. Korkmaz had five points. And Isaiah Joe had eight points. He actually – he technically led the bench in scoring, but that was all garbage points in the final three minutes of the game. So, you know, it's not really a huge factor there. Danny Green, I would say, still led the important pieces of the bench – in scoring uh, out of that group. But, man, Joel Embiid, Maxi, and Harden, that's the story. And the fit is something that's going to be continued to be discussed, right? This, this, this argument or debate or just ongoing fair question, it doesn't have to be a debate, is going to be ongoing, right? It, it hasn't been settled and answered now based off of one game, like I said to start, and I'll continue to say it. But I'm going to go off of what we saw, right? If this this was a clunky fit here on Friday night, if James Harden finished with 15 points and he was like four for 18 from the field and Joel Embiid was out of sync and out of rhythm and a rare off night from him and the Sixers go into Minnesota on Friday and lose, then you know the people out there that weren't a fan of James Harden coming to Philadelphia and the people out there that were more excited about Ben Simmons going to Brooklyn would be bringing that up. So best believe I'm going to bring up the strong debut from James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers as a unit winning this game by 30-plus points. It's a big deal, especially opening night. You you expected some growing pains, especially coming back from a break, the all-star break. It wasn't just James Harden shaking rust off. Everyone shaking rust off from having a week off with the all-star festivities last weekend. So there were a lot of factors there where you could have easily predicted the Sixers to maybe struggle and James Harden and or Joel Embiid to start to work through some some growing pains and you know, some first-time jitters playing with each other and getting to know one another on the floor. You really didn't see any of that. You didn't see any of it. So it was really nice to see, uh, especially in the debut, my biggest takeaway is Tyrese Maxey, because not only did the game offensively look easier for the team as a whole, it, it looked easier for Tyrese Maxey. This is a guy that almost had 30 points on Friday night. I don't know if a one play was ran for him specifically, but he stayed aggressive. He ran the floor. Really nice play. I think it was late in the second quarter. Joel Embiid. Sixers were on defense. Joel Embiid gets a rebound. He tips it to James Harden. James Harden catches it in transition. One or two dribbles. He zips a dart uh, up the up the floor to Tyrese Maxey on the run, who lays it in. And that, that's, that was just a thing of beauty. That's what we all want to see as 76ers fans, seeing all three of those guys flourish, and none of them get negatively impacted from the arrival of James Harden. And you didn't see really any negative impact with the arrival of James Harden on Friday night. Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. Let's look at the numbers that were set for the player props for James Harden at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And we'll see how he fared and how maybe some of you fared out there with cashing some tickets. Because if you took james harden and the over and really any of the categories you probably had a winning night uh as i pulled this up here just a second i tweeted out basically everything that was available to you regarding james harden prior to the game tipping off at 8 p.m eastern time on friday so here we go all right so points rebounds and assists you know the total if you combine each category that's a very popular bet It was set at 38 and a half. So let's do the math on the fly here. 27 points, eight rebounds. That's 35 plus 12, 47. He easily clears the over for his points, rebounds, and assists total. Let's look at double-double. Yes, minus 175. No, plus 132. So some heavy juice there towards the yes, but he gets the double-double with 27 points and 12 assists. So yes, hits there. Just shy of a triple-double. As I mentioned, 27 and 12, and then eight rebounds, just two rebounds away from recording a triple double in his debut in Philadelphia, in Minnesota. Yes, for a triple double was plus 550. No, minus 1,000. Uh, points well eclipsed that, set at 21 and a half. He finished with 27. Total three pointers made. This was my trust the propsess player prop play of the night for this 76ers matchup. I said, take the over. On two and a half three pointers made, and if you listen to me on Twitter at Wise Rye, you are a winner. As James Harden knocks down five threes in his debut, that was priced at plus one thirty. I love the value there uh, at plus one thirty, and he finishes with double that, two and a half number with five. The under was priced at minus one sixty seven, so he went over his his uh, his threes made as well. He went over on his assist total, set at 9.5, over was priced at minus 134, and then he went over on his rebounds, 6.5, priced at minus 134. So over on rebounds, over on assists, over on threes made, over on total points, recorded a double-double, and over on his points, rebounds, and assists combo. Round of applause for James Harden in his debut in a 76ers uniform. He looked good in the red, white, and blue. My goodness. and. You know, I just watching the game, you know, you could tell that Joel Embiid, he found himself, I think, so open at times. He, he's not accustomed to that. He didn't even know what to do with it. James Harden found him on a couple nice dribble handoffs, a couple nice pick and pops. Uh, as I mentioned, you're not going to see a lot of pick and rolls with James Harden and Joel Embiid. That doesn't mean J- uh, Joel Embiid's not going to set screens for James Harden. What that means is Joel Embiid likes to pop. Or he likes to semi-roll, meaning set the screen and take one or two steps towards the rim but stop around the foul line if we're just hypothetically viewing it in our heads at the top of the three. So Joel Embiid found himself open and I think Joel Embiid did a really nice job catching passes from James Harden and then making an, an extra pass where someone could finish, or it was a hockey assist, as we like to call it for Joel Embiid and even James Harden. So the ball moved, guys were open, they were able to still push it in transition. They were able to have some really nice half court sets offensively. Overall, you have to be pleased. And for the popular question that I've been getting asked, will this negatively impact Joel Embiid's MVP push? And how will that impact the betting market for people out there that already have Joel Embiid to win MVP tickets, for people out there that maybe want to jump in on that late as we're coming down the stretch here with only 20 20 and change games to go? Didn't seem like it impacted him much on Friday. If anything, I think you, you look at this now and say, I don't know how he doesn't win it because he still filled the stat sheet in bunches. 34 points, 10 rebounds. That's going to get you an MVP award, especially with where he's at right now as the odds-on favorite. So he got to a 30-plus point performance. He got to a 10-rebound-plus performance, and he did it by doing less work, right? Like he wasn't carrying this team on his back and shoulders from start to finish. He, he was able to cruise a little bit, and he was able to – listen – Anytime you you win an NBA game by 30 points, you're going to be sitting a couple more minutes than you usually are. But even when the game wasn't game set match, you know, early in the first half, even Embiid was able to sit an extra couple minutes. And that's a big deal in these games individually, right? If Embiid's able to play, you know, three to five less minutes a night because of James Harden, it's a big deal, right? And I did like a lineup late in the first quarter. I think there was like a minute and a half left, just under two minutes left. But Doc Rivers, who I typically bash for his rotations and lineups, lineup adjustments throughout each individual game, he went small ball. He went – I forget the exact lineup. I thought I wrote it down here in my notes as I was watching. But he went – Paul Millsap was the one big on the floor. And then he went Millsap, Niang, Korkmaz – James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey. That's a nice little lineup to have. And that's these are things that Doc is going to have to continue to, to tinker with and figure out is different variations of different lineups off the bench and throughout the second and third quarters. What are some creative lineups that he can come up with that are a threat to the opponent in a different way where maybe it doesn't even include Joel Embiid? or some other lineups that aren't the starting lineup that includes Joel Embiid and James Harden. I really want to see Niang on the floor a little bit more, at least with James Harden and Joel Embiid, because Niang is the 76ers' best shooter right now from beyond the arc. Danny Green, he's going to have to step up and and knock down open shots from beyond the arc too because he's their second-best shooter. Maz is going to have to continue to – be able to knock down shots. He's had a roller coaster ride of a season from beyond the arc individually. So the shooting around Joel Embiid and James Harden is going to be one of the biggest storylines and one of the biggest things to keep an eye on throughout the rest of this year as they make their playoff push here. They make their push for a one seed in the Eastern Conference and try and work themselves into a legitimate title contender. Can there be consistent shooting? from quote the other guys and i'm not talking about will farrell and mark Wahlberg. okay philadelphia City Cast presented by Bet rivers sportsbook i'm your host ryan robstein 76ers win 133 to 102 in the james harden debut game as a philadelphia 76er best case scenario by far for the group and for us sixers fans throughout the delaware valley philadelphia area and wherever you may be located that was the best case scenario for all of us how that game played out Friday night in Minnesota and Joel Embiid he was able to play a little bit more of like a free safety role defensively and and that's something we haven't had the luxury of watching at all this year because we've been asking so much from Joel Embiid offensively it's been taking away what he's able to do on the other end of the floor right? Joel Embiid is a menace around the rim defensively. And we saw some of that on Friday night as he was able to float a little bit more, able to protect the rim. He was able to have a little bit more energy and attention to detail on the defensive side of of the floor, which is just another, another positive and another effect of having a player like James Harden handling the rock. Listen, this is, as we've all said it, since the trade went down. This is by far the best the best guard that Joel Embiid has played with in his career. And quite frankly, this is the best guard that's put on a 76ers uniform since Allen Iverson. So this is a big deal. And now you couple that that talent and ability with the MVP front runner right now and Joel Embiid, look out. Look out Eastern Conference and look out NBA. If they could continue in the right direction, okay, they're not going to win every game by 30, but if they can continue to just get better and continue to learn how the other one plays, speaking towards Joel Embiid and James Harden in particular, look out. This is going to be a really tough out every single night for 76ers opponents. It's not going to be an easy task slowing these two down. It's just not. They're able to draw fouls. They're able to get to the line. They're both able to uh, step out and knock down three-pointers, especially James Harden. I don't want to hear it that he can't shoot. James Harden and his passing ability, it was on full display Friday night. Full display. 12 assists. And one thing that I loved from the game on Friday, James Harden didn't come out gunning, looking for the ball. He got it. He quickly moved it. The ball didn't stick in his hands very long. He pretty much just took on the role of Seth Curry, which is exactly what I was discussing over the past week or so in anticipation of Harden's debut was, listen, we essentially traded away Seth Curry for for James Harden. I mean, that's how I look at it. You had a guy in Ben Simmons that was never going to wear this uniform again. And then you gave away, you know, Andre Drummond, an aging veteran on a one-year contract. So what what I mean by bringing that up is James Harden was able to just sort of step into that Seth Curry role early in that game on Friday where – okay, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here with what we're doing offensively. We don't have to now go through James Harden. We don't have to now get James Harden and Joel Embiid on one side of the floor and the other three guys, you know, give them space. Like, you you didn't see any of that. James Harden just let the game come to him. He got the ball. He didn't let it stick. He moved it. He made some nice entry passes. He made some nice passes off uh, screens. He, He did a little bit of everything, and he was fine on the defensive end. And then as the game progressed and he got in a rhythm, got in a flow, got a sweat going, he started to pick his spots a little bit more and more and be aggressive as a scorer. And then once he starts making some threes, starts being aggressive as a scorer, gets a couple foul shots you know, through the hoop there, then that's when he becomes even more dangerous as a passer and a facilitator and a guard as a guy with, who's a guard with a ball in his hands, I should say. So a ton of positives on Friday night. They just need to play this tape. (laughs) Play this tape as much as you need to play it because this is how this team can thrive, how they went about playing this game offensively Friday night. That's the recipe. And the scariest part for other teams in the NBA and Eastern Conference out there You know, they played an awesome game, as I've just detailed, for the first 25 minutes of this episode. But it's not the best that that they can play. It's not even close. It's, It's honestly, it's not even close. And, you know, Minnesota, listen, they're not the Phoenix Suns. They're not the Golden State Warriors. They're not even the Chicago Bulls or the Miami Heat or any legitimate contender at the moment. But they're a team that was getting a lot of praise. I heard a lot of people leading up to this game on Friday night talking about how Minnesota's been playing really well and they're not an easy out and they're coming off a real nice win themselves and you know, all this stuff. And I'm not sitting here saying they're completely off base with that, but Minnesota's no slouch. So the 76ers go into Minnesota on the road after a extensive break from the All-Star break playing for the first time with James Harden and beat the brakes off of him by 30-plus. So that is not the best version of this team right now that we saw, and that is the scariest takeaway from Friday night as the Sixers roll 133-102 in the James Harden debut. All right, Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bett Rivers. I've been your host, Ryan Rothstein, on the immediate reaction episode coming off of the James Harden debut here in Philadelphia. I can't wait. 76ers, I can't wait for the for the first home game, I should say. But the 76ers are back in action Sunday for a matinee game in New York City at the Garden, taking on the Knicks 1 p.m. Sunday. I'm going to preview that game for you guys tomorrow afternoon. Saturday afternoon, I'll, I'll preview that game. We'll go through all of the... Options on the wagering menu at Bet Rivers. We'll have some fun with that. And then after the weekend, we'll have some real fun as we prepare for the home debut of James Harden in the 76ers uniform. The Wells Fargo Center may burn. And I say that in the best way possible. That that place is going to be rocking. That will be a playoff atmosphere in every way, shape, and and form Wednesday night in Philadelphia taking on the Knicks as they have a home and home with the Knicks obviously as I mentioned Sunday in New York and then the Knicks come to Philadelphia Wednesday before the 76ers welcome in the Cleveland Cavs who have been playing excellent ball as we all know Friday night a week from recording this episode but we have plenty to discuss between now and then make sure you're following the show Available on all of your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pods, wherever you get your pods, Philadelphia Citycast is available for you. And you can give me a follow on Twitter at Wise Rye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. You can find links to each individual episode, links to all of those podcast platforms, and uh, you know, all the other shenanigans I tweet out there for you. So give me a follow to stay up to date with everything we're doing here on the city cast. All right, I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, great rest of your night. I'll catch you on the next episode of the Philadelphia City Cast presented by Bet Rivers until then. Good luck on all of your bets and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience Rush Pay.
0: When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook. At BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino, Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler.